Welcome to Digitalization Tech Talks, the podcast where we're focusing on topics related to digital technologies in the process industries. Our intent is to present you with information that'll help you to keep up to speed with the latest technologies that are soon coming, or in some cases have already reached the market. In this episode, Mega Topics Collide. We're discussing sustainability along with the role that digitalization plays in helping companies in the process industries to meet their sustainability goals including reducing their carbon footprint and eventually achieving net zero emissions. The author Peter Drucker is quoted as saying, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And that pairs perfectly with today's conversation where we hope to provide some good educational content that will assist you in creating a better future. I predict that we're going to have an outstanding conversation. I'd like to welcome the show's co-host, Jonas Narinder. Hello, Jonas. Speaking of sustainability, I don't think we're going to have a difficult time sustaining our enthusiasm for this episode. What do you think? No, I absolutely agree with you on that, Don. I think it'll be another great episode. We'll be learning more about what makes sustainability such a hot topic. We'll be looking at how data can be gathered to support sustainability goals. We'll discuss some areas where technology plays a role. And of course, we have to cover that because that's the main topic of our podcast and a lot more. So I'm really, really looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, me too, Jonas. Well, let's get this show on the road and introduce our guest. We are very excited to welcome Aaron DeVola, the Head of Sustainability at Siemens Digital Industries. In that role, Aaron manages the strategy for profitable sustainability for both Siemens and Siemens customers. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. That's great to have you on the podcast, Aaron. So uh, why don't you start off by telling us and our listeners why sustainability is such a hot topic right now. Now, it's obviously been talked about for a while, but it seems to have gained some momentum in the last maybe one to two years or so. You know, at Siemens, we have been talking about sustainability for, for quite some time. We've been publishing a sustainability report for over 15 years. And even within our organization, we see a huge increase of activity, both with us and with the companies that we are working closely with. And I think it comes from a variety of places. And that first place is really with the regulations that are coming, especially in the European Union. The EU taxonomy, which is really a characterization of your products and their impacts on, on climate, really went live this year with first real reporting. But the big one is the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or the CSRD, which requires companies to look at both impact and financial materiality and really expands the requirements for reporting moving forward. And a lot of companies are realizing that they need a lot more transparency to do that and that technology will play a really big role in helping them move that forward. The other driver, other than regulation, is these net zero commitments. With the Paris Accord, a lot of people made net zero commitments. They made commitments that would help us limit global warming to 1.5 degrees C. And 2025, 2030, 2040 are not nearly as far away as they once seemed. So that's kind of one of the first things is people are realizing that the time to act now, they'll need to comply, they'll need to meet the commitments they've put out there. The other thing that we're seeing is that capital is becoming more and more available, both within ESG-oriented funds, which we see doubling year over year, really creating growth for companies and opportunity for companies that are investing in sustainability outcomes. But at the same time, we talked a little bit about legislation and compliance already, but there's also legislation that's making funding available for things like in the U.S. with the Inflation Reduction Act that made 
$30 billion available for hydrogen research and really furthering hydrogen as a fuel. And so you see that those carrots are also available along with the sticks of regulation. The next big trend that we're really um, seeing is some resource scarcity, some um, nationalization, and really looking at how do we get supply chains and get parts where they need to be. And one key way to control your supply chain is to extend the life cycle of your product and also to take those products back at the end of life, really getting them ready for their next life at the end of the existing life. The last trend I'd like to touch on a bit is that we're really seeing a shift in consumer behavior. Consumers are really trying to value and put their money into solutions that really serve sustainability in a bigger, broader way. And they're willing to pay a price premium for those in a lot of cases. I think these things are really all combining together to create this momentum we've seen in the last year or two. Thanks, Dan. So there is a lot of impetus, as you mentioned, all those different reasons for companies to be focused on sustainability. And, and as a result of that, anytime we hear from our customers, they are focusing on some sustainability and they have net zero target dates and aggressively reducing their, their carbon footprint. They're all discussing it. Proactively, are businesses considering sustainability when they're making key decisions? We really see a variety of levels of what I would call maturity around sustainability. We see companies that are looking much more opportunistically. So if I'm going to be building a new building, maybe I want to make sure to put some PV or some solar powering as part of that. Maybe I want to orient it so that the sun doesn't come into the window so much. Moving to LED lighting, which has a great payback period on it for most people. So really that first space we see people is really operating opportunistically, incorporating sustainability into decisions that they're already making. The next space that we see is really saying, hey, I know I have impacts. I want to understand those impacts and really make decisions that drive those impacts down in a Pareto sort of style. So finding the transparency, using digital tools to pull data together, and then being able to say, now that I understand what I have and where my impacts are, I can then move into the next layer of maturity, which is really using sustainability much more strategically, understanding that if I have a more sustainable solution, I may have a more secure supply chain, as I mentioned earlier, and I may be able to get a premium for this product in the marketplace. And you see some companies really pushing forward with that. Companies um, in the consumer products area like Patagonia that have always made sustainability a big piece of their value proposition. And we see that happening for companies all over the place. And really, when we look at this maturity, we see it being driven so much by the availability and connectivity of their data from its cradle to its next cradle being such a key in being able to move through here. And so this is the, I think you mentioned, Don, at the beginning where um, sustainability and digitalization or technology come together. And this is one of those really key ways is being able to understand those impacts and compile them, not just from gate to gate of your facility, but looking both into your supply chain and into your use space and understanding what all those impacts are and being able to see those and roll those up is really important. Since we are talking about this data integration part of it, being able to take data and use it for something, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that, especially in the realm of this podcast. Again, we're talking about technologies. How can data be pulled together and utilized from across the value chains or different value chains for that matter, particularly when pursuing sustainability goals, as well as reaching that zero or maybe even for companies to reduce their resource usage? How do they do that? We refer to this 
phenomenon or this challenge a lot of getting from data to decisions. And I think this is a key piece. People have, back from my day, they would have said reams and reams, but I'll say now terabytes and terabytes of data that they are trying to pull together and make decisions of. So being able to visualize that data, being able to assign that data to a product, to an outflow, and being able to see that data as I mentioned before, outside your own gates and exchange data is, is really the big challenge companies are faced with. And we see companies coming together with their suppliers, coming together with their competitors and organizations for the chemical industry, like together for sustainability, that's really attempting to drive and set some clear ideas about how different industries are going to be exchanging data, because really part of it is having that ability to share data from my supplier into my facility out to my consumer in a trusted, secure way. One of the things that we've been working on at Siemens, because this is a challenge that we face as well, is how do we really develop a tool that we call C-Green that really helps with that. It allows our suppliers to share data with us, to share data with other customers of theirs in a secure, sovereign way using blockchain technology. And these types of technologies are really pivotal where I own my own data, I can ensure the security of that data, but I can also share that data in a limited way with others. And those are the types of tools and the technologies that are really key to drive that transparency piece that really is the foundation for how we want to move forward there. I mentioned we have it for the chemical industry, but we also see that same sort of thing as you reach out of processes into things like automotive with Katina X is what they call their industry. And it's really, you know, one of the foundational things about sustainability that you realize pretty quickly is that no one person is going to solve that alone. You really need to be able to work within your industrial ecosystem, within your value chain, within your industry to work together to solve these challenges. And that's why the tools for data exchange are, are, are such a big enabler moving forward. Aaron, when we think about Together for Sustainability, TFS, and, and the chemical industry, and, and, and a lot of our listeners come from the process industry, so chemical and, and others, can you expand on how the process industries as a whole are reducing CO2 emissions and, and maybe provide some use case examples? So for chemical industries, what we know is that they have a much heavier scope one and scope two footprint. So that's really what's happening in their own facility and where that energy is coming from. It's really much more challenging for them to just electrify to reach their goals. So for example, we were talking to a food and beverage customer and they've got a plant where they do some snack making right alongside beverage production. And they said we could change our boilers over tomorrow to electricity. But as I'm sure you all know, electricity is much less energy dense than a fossil fuel and the infrastructure isn't there. So you really have to be looking at your grid infrastructure. How can you produce or store energy on your site? And this really gets into the multi-layeredness of the problems that you're working to solve. So really just looking at how do we then carefully and prescriptively use every kilowatt hour of electricity through the process. And this is one way that, that the chemical industry in particular is really focusing. The other thing that they're looking at in upstream is what type of feedstocks are we using? How environmentally friendly are they? We talk a lot when we talk about sustainability around CO2, but it's really just one piece of the puzzle. It's also looking at how, what are the substances that are being used there? Are those substances toxic to the environment? Are we looking at how are we using and cleaning water, which is also an important ingredient to many chemical processes. So as we look to the upstream, feedstock is really in focus. 
Then we also need to look to the downstream and for chemical industries, it's so much driven by transportation and logistics networks. And this is really a key factor for a lot of these industrial chemical process industries as well. So those are some of the things that we see for pharma. We talk a lot about recipe management and maybe being able to do more personalized production, more localized production, moving products to fewer places, having things that are not sitting on a shelf. For food and beverage, we look a lot at traceability, being able to look at what's going on farm to fork to really understand, again, what's in that product and then where all the places that product has been. And then I would say for consumer products, really looking at logistics planning and really removing water. So talking to Procter & Gamble, one of our consumer product customers, they have been working on a solution with shampoo, which has no water in it. And you have like a sheet that you take with you and that you apply water to it at the point of use. So it really eliminates the transportation of all of that water along their entire network. So lots of really innovative things going on all around the industries. Certainly sounds like it. I like the fact you could take a sheet with shampoo and then put water to it. And, and right. there you have it, right? I mean, I think I think that that's really cool. Love to see innovations like that. And hopefully we can have a lot more of that coming in the future. In this podcast, we always try to make the discussion points actionable. How would a company embark on their sustainability journey? Erin, do you have any recommendations as to where and how they could start? The first thing to do is always try and integrate sustainability into your decision-making processes. When we talk about sustainability, it's an outcome that's really there alongside other important outcomes like cost effectiveness, like the features that you're producing. So when companies are making decisions about requirement specifications for a new product they're going to make, when they're looking at requirements for a new building, for a new process, incorporating sustainability impacts into those decisions is really the most impactful thing that they can do. And it's not related to a particular technology, but it really it's about managing another layer of complexity, which a lot of digital tools can help you with and weighing those impacts alongside and those outcomes alongside the other outcomes that you're looking for. I think that that's really a great place to start is to say in my product lifecycle management process, how am I incorporating sustainability? Which factors are most important to the products that I'm making? When I look at my production process, where am I optimizing for environmental impacts right alongside where I'm optimizing for speed or cost? And I think that's really the best place to start. And a lot of the the solutions that you have may be already able to handle that. If not, they're being interrogated to be able to put those factors in right alongside of it as well. So I think that that's really the big piece there. I also think that there's a ton of cross-sector, cross-area learning that goes on in this area. One of the things that I find the most inspiring is when I'm sitting at a table with a cosmetic manufacturer and an aerospace company And sometimes they have a lot they can share and learn from each other. There are some companies like Unilever, I mentioned Patagonia earlier, that are really on the leading edge of sustainability. And there's a lot to be learned from their journey. I always think that there's so much you can take from the collective intelligence that's already been out there in the marketplace. Looking at what your suppliers are doing, looking at what your business customers are doing and seeing what you can incorporate from their journey into yours really can help people accelerate. I mentioned together for sustainability, but getting involved with trade organizations, going to shows, really being able to see what others are doing to get here. But really the key is getting the information, the data that you need alongside other decision-making data 
and being able to visualize and understand the trade-offs that you need to make at that same time. And I think that that's really the key. And it sounds daunting. I know it is daunting. We're doing it as well for our enterprise. But finding those pieces where you can make progress, I always say this about sustainability. It doesn't take one enterprise or one company doing it perfectly. It takes everyone working together, doing it imperfectly to be successful long term. Well, that's some great guidance, Aaron, for companies to get started. And I do agree. I think when they work together, they can make a lot more progress than working independently. So thanks for that. I think it'll really help our listeners. In our short time together today, we did cover a lot of ground and just wondering if you could wrap up a couple key takeaways that you'd like to leave with our listeners. I think the biggest one is sustainability feels daunting. So the first thing I like to tell people as they get started is you're probably doing a lot more to impact sustainability than you're recognizing. When you're doing that energy efficiency project, you're also saving CO2. When you're reducing your waste or increasing your throughput, you're also impacting sustainability. So I think the first is recognizing that you're already along a path that you've already started is a great key takeaway. The next is anything you can do is worth doing to continue to pull that through and know that sustainability is an outcome that you need alongside other outcomes. So incorporating that, as I mentioned before, into your decision-making is really a clear way to move forward and make it part of your overall business. Well, thanks. I think that really will be helpful to our listeners. So I really appreciate it. Thanks for those final remarks, as well as for participating in today's conversation. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us and for sharing your expertise with our audience. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you have questions about any of the topics we discussed today, or you'd like to learn more about sustainable digitalization, Jonas and I are always open to your comments, thoughts, and feedback on the show or the topics. You can also find our contact information in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard today, please help to spread the word by rating the show. And if you are not already a subscriber and would like to be notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the series. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.